I'm hearing going, and uh, I'm just going to do it from here. And it's going to be, uh, hopefully we'll have some participation, and if I'm not out here, I'm not going to do it from here. God has, and he is now, taking a people from the Gentiles for his name. <coughs> These people are to love, <coughs> worship, and serve Yahweh. They are commanded to be a holy, godly people. What is another synonym for a godly, holy people? What is another synonym? Separated. Righteous. Separated. Righteous. Righteous. Sanctified. Very good. The word I was looking for is separated. And that's what our Sunday school class will be about this morning. We are supposed to be a separated people. And I just said it a while ago. What are we separated for? What or what why are we separated? Why has God has done this? He's called us why? What for? What reason? Well, God, the, the promise that is in the name. He called my people, like you said, to separate them from that. To do what? Manifest him. Manifest him. And how? Security and actions. By what we do and say and how we live. Okay, let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. 2 Corinthians 6, verse 17. This is our Sunday school class. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Look at that. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean things and I will receive you. Let's turn back to 1 Corinthians. The first chapter. 1 Corinthians. 1 chapter. Joey, would, would you read, to get everybody a chance to find that, and would you read, Brother Joey, would you read verses <coughs> 1 and 2 of that chapter? 
Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother, under the ecclesia of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both theirs and ours. Okay, as uh, Brother Adam mentioned while ago, when you see that word sanctified in Christ Jesus, look at that phrase, called to be saints. Called. Okay, uh, Brother Adam, would you read the uh, 3 through 6? <clears throat> Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything you are enriched by Him in all utterance and in all knowledge. Okay, uh, Brother Darwin, would you read the... Go ahead and read 6 through 10. <clears throat> Even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful, by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. Okay. <clears throat> this is the Ecclesia at Corinth. And uh, these people have been called out. Called. And what is our class about this morning? Come out from among them and be ye separate. Okay, uh, tell me some things. Can anyone tell me some things about this city of Corinth? The city of Corinth. Um, I believe there was a saying that not many men could afford a night stay in Corinth. It's flooded with prostitutes. Very more. Can anybody else give us a brother Darrell? Also, Mars Hill, all the philosophers, everybody wanted to hear some new thing. So there was no, uh, not everybody was together at all. I think just some new thing. Can, can anybody tell me where Corinth, where Corinth was? Where was it located? That was very good about the, the philosophy in the city. Brother um, Joe was near Athens. It was on a small strip of land around between two large pieces of the land in Greece, and it was a, a trade area. Trade area. What was another... Uh, Things that existed in Rome and Greece at this time. Hey, pardon? <laughs> That's what I was looking for. Idol worship. They were idol worshippers. They didn't. They didn't worship God. 
They worship the sun and uh, the moon and animals and uh, uh, wooden images and uh, statues. You did very good. Let's kind of, I'm going to kind of bring it all together. The city of Corinth, commercial metropolis of Greece, situated on the isthmus of Greece about 50 miles west of Athens. Now think about this. Listen to this. <coughs> like Brother Joey brought out. One of the largest, richest, important cities of the Roman Empire. And the time that we're talking about now is 52 A.D. 52 A.D. Population. Listen to this. 400,000 people in the city of Corinth. Surpassed, surpassed, surpassed only by Rome, Alexandria, and Antioch. 400,000 people. That's awesome. Principal trade route of the Roman Empire. Through its harbors flowed the commerce of the world. As Brother Jack said, it was a very immoral <coughs> city. Here, here's the important thing. Here, Paul founded an important ecclesia right in the shadow of Athenian philosophy. And what did, what did God do? He called those people by means of Paul to come out from all of that, to separate themselves and serve Him, to serve Yahweh. He called them out. Now, are there any similarities between Ecclesia at Corinth and the Ecclesia of today? Are there any similarities? Everybody shaking their head, yes. Tell me some of the similarities. Brother Pye. Divisions. Oh, most definitely. Divisions. Do we have divisions and factions today? Most definitely. Okay, that's one. What else did that? What else? Some more similarities. Brother Adam. The uh, atmosphere that they were in, the people around them in, in Corinth is the way that about the whole world is today. That's correct. With the immorality of pervading their society. Very good. Anything else? Is there any, is there, does idolatry exist today? Tell me, give me some examples. Does, does people worship, worship anything today besides God? Everything besides God. Brother Pye. Worship himself. Self-indulgence. And uh, were they in self, uh, were they in the self-indulgence then? They definitely were. Ain't hard. Right. Okay, what's some more similarities? <coughs> the philosophies of the world really haven't changed since that time. It's still very prevalent in that culture. Yes, it is. Reincarnation and 
many other things. Brother Asbill? One of the problems they had, they had a large influence of Sadducees and that preacher who denied the resurrection and were attempting to convert the gospel. They also had the incest and they believed that they also had the problems. Very good. There's quite a few more. And if we took the time, I'm sure all of you would uh, think of them. But I'm, I'm just going to throw out a little list here, and it doesn't cover everything. There's there was factions, immorality, lawsuits. You know, you'll read that. They were suing one another back then. <laughs> Idolatry, abuses of the Lord's Supper. You know, it speaks about that. And, in uh, in Corinthians, and uh, is that not taking place today also? Abuses of the Lord's Supper. And what about false teachers? They have some false teachers at, at the collegiate court. Do we have any false teachers today? What about marriage problems? There's a lot. There's a few chapters about marriage in First and Second Corinthians. Do we not have? Married problems today. What about disorderly <coughs> conduct at assemblies? We have brothers and sisters that can't seem to behave themselves, even at meetings or at Bible school. Yes, we do. And oh, yes, what about the sisters' role in the ecclesia? Do they have a problem with that in court? Do we not have a problem with that today? Yes, we do. And I'm sure if we studied long enough, uh, we would find many, many other similarities between the Ecclesia at Corinth and our situation now. Okay. The letters to the Ecclesia at Corinth or the Corinthians contains lessons that have not been changed by the passage of time. The lessons in these chapters apply now just like they did in the days of Paul. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians, the second chapter. Uh, Paul, would you read that for us? Verses 11 through 13. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians. We should know this. It's a good memory for us. 2 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. Verses 11 through 13. As ye know, how we are exhorted and comforted and charged every one of you as a father hath his children, that you would walk worthy of God, who hath called you unto his kingdom and glory. For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth, the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. 
There's some important things there in that verse uh, 13. Uh, you received the word of God, which you heard of us, received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectually worketh also in you that believe. That's the key to it there, uh, the word of God. And uh, that's something that uh, today we need to be sure that we put forth. And that is the word of God and not the word of men. Okay, let's go back to 2 Corinthians, 6th chapter. 2 Corinthians, 6th chapter. Verses 1 and 2. And this is Paul. <clears throat> we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also, he's speaking to the, to the Ephesian Corinthians, that ye receive not the grace of God in vain. For he said, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I secured thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Okay, let's get down to verse 11. Open ye Corinthians. Our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own mouths. Now, can somebody, uh, what, is, what is Paul doing here? He says, O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you. Our heart is enlarged. Ye are not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own mouths. What's Paul saying there? Brother Pike? I think he's saying that each individual, you know, Paul can't do it part of it. They have to do it in their own on 
Uh, does anybody else have anything to add to that? Brother Scott. Well, they had certain difficulties they were experiencing with due to their community and their conversation, not what Paul and Priest did, perhaps. Because he goes on there in verse 14, starts laying out some of the problems, and why they're having some of the problems, due to the lack of separation. Okay, let's, let's add verse 13 to this. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, but be ye also enlarged. Now, now think about this. How does a father feel in regard to his children? Come on. How does a father feel toward his children? Does a father not love his own children? And when a father gives his gives his children advice, what does he try to do? He tries to give them what? The best advice that he can. Okay, now, what advice is Paul giving here? He's giving them advice from God, from Yahweh. He's giving, he's giving them instruction from Yahweh, the Word of God. And in this verse 12, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you think it out and see what you come with. Is there not some love and some compassion here on the part of Paul? <clears throat> Does anybody's Bible say anything about that? Sister Gabe. We are not withholding our affection from you, but you are withholding yours from us. What were many, not all the brothers and sisters, but some of the brothers and sisters in Corinth, in Corinth, they were opposed to Paul. Were they not? They were opposed to Paul. And they did not have the love or the compassion for Paul that they should have. Does anybody else have a, a, another rendering of that verse? Brother Jack? You are not restricted by us, but you are restricted by your own affections. Well, a little bit so they, were, were, were their affections, did they have the right kind of affections? No, they didn't. They had affections for what? The wrong things. That was a lot of their problem. And another problem that they had in Corinth it had to do with what Kathy brought up about their philosophy and what did they want to do? What they wanted to do. They did go ahead. Sister Kathy. I have brother Those are 
that 12 and 13 or the way it's written it, it's hard to understand hard to understand but Paul is speaking to this ecclesia as a father speaketh to his children and when Paul when he spoke he was speaking for Yahweh. We've got to remember that when we study this. Okay. First fourteen. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness, and what communion have light with darkness? Man, uh, many uh, Bible students feel like that this is uh, uh, speaking about marriage, and I think it is. But I think this is referring to our entire lifestyle. I think it's more than just uh, uh, marriage. It's uh, it's uh, how we live our occupations, uh, what we do. It's our entire lifestyle. It's what we, it's what we, it's not only what we say, but it's our actions, how we act, how we behave. I think it has to do with the entire lifestyle. And uh, verse 15, and what concord hath Christ with Belial, or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel. Can anybody can anybody give us a little information about this uh, video? I'm sure you've read about it at one time or other. Yes. Means worthless fellow. Correct. Uh, I think it's in Deuteronomy where you'll uh, where you'll where you'll find that it means it means worthless, wicked, or uh, lawfulless, lawfulless. Uh, uh, it's uh, it's individuals as we as as Kathy brought out. They want to do what what they want to do. They disregard uh, laws of the land. They disregard the laws of God. And uh, in this verse here, it's a synonym for uh, for Satan. Uh, what what concord or fellowship would Christ have with, with such a being? Okay, in verse 16... This has to do with uh, the idol worship. And what agreement hath the temple of God with idols? For ye are the temple of the living God. As God hath said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. For this to take place, Look at verse 17. Uh, Brother Jack, read verse 17. You've got a good, good loud voice. Therefore come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not 
touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. And verse 18, uh, Brother Johnny. Is that not interesting? Uh, here Paul up in the 12th and 13th uh, and 13th verse, he's speaking to these brothers and sisters as a father. And here we have Yahweh stating that if you will come out from these idolaters and these ungodly people, he will be a father unto you and you will be his sons and daughters. Okay, let's look at uh, look at look at the first verse of chapter seven, brother Tommy. Read that. Let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, respecting holiness and fear of God. That's an awesome verse there. Having therefore. These promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfect, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. Uh, give me some uh, synonyms for this word holiness here. What does that What does that mean for us to do in this life? Separate, set apart, Separate, set apart, and what else? Sanctified. Sanctified. Let's go to with us. If if we're in this condition, who are we going to revere? Is it going to be men and women out here in the world? Who are we going to revere? If if we have if we have come out and we've separated ourselves, we're sanctified, who do we revere? We revere Yahweh. And there's something else too. This, what do we do? Do His will. We do His will. And what else? He, who first loved us? He first loved us. And who called us out? Called Yahweh that called us out. And we return what? <coughs> we return our love. Okay, so we've got... We've got separation. We've got to separate ourselves from the world. We've got uh, sanctification. The only way that we can be the sons and daughters of Yahweh is by means of sanctification. And when we go through this, it develops reverence and love for Yahweh. It, <clears throat> I think when you when you add this verse one of chapter seven with what and you understand verse twelve and thirteen of what the apostle Paul was doing, just that having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, God promises that He will be a Father, and you consider you consider how much a natural father loves his sons and daughters. Think about how, how much Yahweh loves us. 
Having therefore these promises, dearly beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit. Now that's, I think that's talking about our attitude, our spirit. All filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear or the love and reverence of God. Okay, now. <clears throat> Come out from among them and be ye separate. Now, this is something that we have to do, that, but does that mean that, that, that we're going to be aloof standoffish, that we're going to be snobs, that we're going to be cold and hard. Do we have to do that to be to separate ourselves from the world? You're shaking your head no, Sharon. Uh, I don't believe we do have to do that. I don't think so either. Is there any instructions in the Scripture that tells us how we can accomplish this because we're supposed to separate ourselves in a godly manner. See, we're not supposed to do it in a human manner. We're supposed to do it in a godly manner. I'll get to it in just a minute, Kathy. Getting back to what Adam said at the first of our class, manifest. We're supposed to manifest the attributes, the characteristics of Jesus Christ of Yahweh and His Son, Jesus Christ. We're supposed to manifest that, display it. Okay, Kathy. We're supposed to live in the world but not the other. That we have to live here, we have to work, we have to do what everybody has to do to live. But we have to show our beliefs and our actions. We have to show our separateness by the company we keep and the act and the uh, entertainment and so forth that we attend. Very good. We are supposed to be, uh, and we're we're supposed to be that we're supposed to do this, but we we don't have to. It says that we are a called out people. We're we're definitely going to be different from the rest of the people in the world. I don't like to use the word peculiar. I don't like to read, and, and we, I don't believe that we have to be nutcases or be oddities to serve Yahweh. And I think these verses that I'm fixing to bring up will prove this. It tells us exactly how we need to behave. And that's in uh, Ephesians 4, chapter 7. Ephesians 4, 17 through 20. Let's turn. Let's turn there. I think I'm going to make it. It's 10, it's 10 25. It's just about over the brothers. Ephesians 4, 17 
This I say, therefore, is everybody there? Hurry, Paul. <laughs> okay, Ephesians 4, 17. I want you to be there because I may ask, I may ask somebody. <coughs> this I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord. Okay, now, if we're called out, if we're separated ones, look at this. That ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk in the vanity of their mind. Now this does not mean that we have to be an oddity. We're not supposed to be an oddity. Here's the condition of, of these Gentiles. Having the understanding darkened, they have no understanding. They're unlearned in God's Word. That's the difference. We're supposed to be learning in God's Word. These people out here are not. They are unlearned. Being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Now, you young people, you have been called out all of you, you have been called out. Why would you want to get involved with such people? Through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. Verse 19. Who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanliness with greediness. And look at verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ. You can read this Bible through and through and you won't find anything in verse 18 and 19 that has anything to do with Jesus Christ because He overcame the sin nature. And that's what we're supposed to do. And that's why you've been separated. Called out to be separated from the world to overcome the sin nature. It's not an easy thing to do. Ye have not so learned any of this in this verse 18 and 19 from Jesus Christ and our young people shouldn't learn any of this from us. Okay. Let's go just a little bit further. <clears throat> Let's go to Second Peter, First Peter, Chapter Two, Eleven through Seventeen. First Peter Two. 11 through 17. Come out and be separate. 1 Peter 2. Eleven through 17.
I can't say it for the sister Kathy. She said we are to live in the world, but we are not supposed to be on this. Brothers and sisters, how do we live in the world but are not a part of it? How do we do this? First Peter two. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. And you look at this. Dearly beloved. You know, Paul used this right here and so does Peter. Dearly beloved. Do you see the compassion? Paul and Peter love the ecclesia. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as what? There's a key right there how we're supposed to live. We're not supposed to be citizens of the world. We're supposed to be strangers and pilgrims. Sojourners. Strangers and pilgrims. Pilgrims and sojourners. It says, abstain from fleshy lust which war against the man. Abstain. Separate yourself from these fleshy lusts. Look at verse 12. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas this is where we should be different from the people around us. Having your conversation honest among the Gentiles, that whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may by your good works which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Verse 13. Submit yourself to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake. Okay, now, are there some other verses that kind of qualify this? We're supposed to submit ourselves to every ordinance of man except what when? When it goes against the will of God. You don't violate God's law because of some man's law. But the rest of the time, you're supposed, we are commanded, that's a commandment, to obey the law of the man. And I'm going to tell you what. Here's another key to this separation, why it's the best way to live. If you do this, it'll keep you out of a whole lot of trouble. And young people, listen to that. If you obey the laws of the land, it'll keep you out of a lot of trouble. A lot of trouble. Okay. Are unto governors as to them that are sent by him, by Yahweh, for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. Verse 15, For so is the will of God that with well-doing ye may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. The ignorance of foolish men. Now we know that all men are afflicted with the sin nature. Some men and women, not very many, are trying to overcome the sin nature. 
foolish men and women are not trying to. That's why you don't make them your best friends. Come out from among them and be you separate. Come out from among them. There's a the blessings from doing this are they just grow and grow and grow if you'll just do it. And there'll be no regrets if you do this. Okay. Uh, 16. As free and not using your liberty, the liberty of being in Christ. <clears throat> liberty. I am made free from the law of sin and death. As free and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness that's not overcoming the sin nature. If you become malicious, hateful, vindictive, deceptive, if we do that, we're not overcoming the sin nature. Don't do that. But as servants of God, look at verse 17. Treat all men fairly. Treat all men fairly. Love the brotherhood of the believers. That's who we're supposed to love. We're called out. We're separated to do that. To love the brotherhood of believers. Fear God and honor or respect those who are in charge. Okay, now my closing comment. About 30 years ago, I was combing my hair in the restroom, in the, in the bathroom. And my goodness, I looked and there was, maybe 40 years ago, there was gray hair popping in my hair. Well, it's getting whiter every day. My hair is getting whiter. That's 40 years. I'm, uh, I'm retired. And I tell you, it's a lot easier to uh, come out and be separated when you're retired and you don't have to worry about making a living. It is a real blessing. But here's the point. Start doing this now. Young people. Come out and be separate. You've been... You're calling. You're, you're receiving a calling right now. God is calling you out to be a separate people. And there's not any. There's. It's not an oddity thing. It's God's will. Start doing it now. Don't wait till you're an old white-headed man to be the kind of uh, servant that you should be. Okay, it's. Uh, 20 minutes to, to let it, and that's going to conclude my class. Okay, we'll take a break till 11 o'clock. Thank you, Brother Ernie.